Before we start, this episode contains some chat that might be triggering for some listeners. If that sounds like it might apply to you, do check the show notes for more details. Hello, I'm Fern Cotton and this is Happy Place, the show that demystifies all the many ideas floating around about mental health. Today, I'm catching up with Will Young. It allowed me to avoid stuff, so I'd obsess about work. But also I was like, never felt good enough looking at other people, constantly comparing myself, constantly looking at other people and thinking, oh, they're better than me. So I wasn't really enjoying it, but wasn't really aware. Because I was a high achiever, it was easy. I'd win a competition. Right, now I'll stick around. I'll go and do a movie. Easy. I'll go and do a play. You know, I mean, literally, it's like high-functioning, high-avoiding. Will obviously burst into our lives in 2002 when he won the first ever Pop Idol series. Since then, he's gone on to not only make gorgeous music, but perform on the West End and in films, and now he's written a book. Be Yourself and Happier, the A to Z of well-being, is Will's exploration into navigating our emotions after his experience of depression and anxiety in his own life. He came round to mine a couple of weeks ago, and while we maybe didn't get through an entire A to Z of mental health, we did bond over our inability to deal with rejection and our thoughts on how to deal with physically getting older. I loved this chat. We covered some really difficult ground, but we also had a right hoot. I mean, (laughs) we laughed so much. It was wonderfully deep and wonderfully real and very funny. Will is hilarious. I think you're going to absolutely love this. Enjoy. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Okay, let's do it. This is the show. Hi, Will Young. Hi, Fern. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to see you. I can't think of the last time I saw you in the flesh. It's years ago. I, I, for some reason, I feel like it would have been in my kitchen. Yeah, I yes. had some very clear memories today uh, in preparation for you arriving of us sat in your front room smoking loads of cigarettes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was De- oh, that fun. Would definitely. Yeah. yeah. We went for dinner. We went for dinner Didn't a few we? times. Went to the pub a few times. What? What was that place but, um, called? That's, that was like in my 20s. That was years ago. I'm 40 now, Will. Yeah, but isn't it good? Someone said to it me... It is. Oh, I, I can't, you know, bear getting older. Or what's it like getting older? I was like, I absolutely love it. Very occasionally, I, I sort of hark back to that time, actually. Yeah. And I think, oh, those were the good days, mm. you know. and Because I, I was living... We were in the same neighbourhood, yeah. weren't we? And... But actually, I have to remind myself, I was desperately unhappy. <laughs> so I've got to remind myself, because what I do is I look at pictures and I see the elasticity of my skin. Oh, don't, I'm like, wow, wow, man, you were one beautiful, beautiful girl. Oh. And then I'm like, you were so unhappy and so dysfunctional. So let's just get that in perspective. <laughs> I know, same. I think I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. The things I hark back to are merely surface. And they are usually a plump under eye. A, you know what? But I mean, you are speaking words. Words of wisdom are falling <sighs> out of your mouth. Plum yeah. Under oh, my dad wanted so much. I, that's the only thing I really miss is the plump under uh, eye. I'm, the rest I could give a shit about. The yeah. plump under eye. Oh my god, I miss a plump under eye so much. <sighs> really. I use that gua sha thing constantly. The little tools that you're meant to uh, rub on your face that are meant to do something. I don't know if it's working, but I had um, filler once. Did you? Yeah. Um, but I didn't really like it. No, I don't know if I can go down that route. No, I don't, I mean, think I don't mind. Me. I don't judge it, but I didn't like it. I don't judge it. I met these two very lovely girls recently. It was at a, some sort of podcast seminar. 
And I think they'd been on Love Island and they were asking me, and they were in their early 20s and I was talking, it was at the time I was about to turn 40 and they said, have you had any work done or any, or any filler? And I was like, no. And they couldn't believe it. Not because of I looked particularly good, but they couldn't believe that I hadn't succumbed to having filler. And I was like, no, I kind of want to just get all wrinkly and old and go with it. What's wrong with it? Nothing. No, it's only because it's been pushed on us. I, I have a real problem, actually, as a feminist when uh, and I get quite angry I have to stop myself disgruntled because (laughs) I see famous you know women come on chat shows and things like that and the person will say you look amazing they go oh thank you so much and I'm like can't you just do what Sharon Osbourne does and just go I've got a great surgeon yes you know what I mean and I've got a great I mean come on I know you're doing your sisters a huge disservice and there's so much pressure already it is it is let's not pretend that that's just because you drink loads of water and drink wheatgrass otherwise otherwise I wrote an article once about and I won't say who the person was but I was I was in an airport and I was I saw an advert for a watch and it was a Hollywood actor female actor and I was like if people if we went back 200 years and she's in her 50s and someone saw her she would be in a circus like people would think she's so youthful (laughs) she's a freak do you know what I mean (laughs) it's on the same element as elephant man it's just on the other scale (laughs) so I was like what is going on with the world? I don't know. I, I mean, my eye bags are only going to deplete in in plumpness over the years, and I'm going with it. Like whatever, it's it's all good. And you know, I, we're of a similar age, and we've both. And I don't like the word journey, but I'm I don't know what other word to use. No. But we've both been on a journey of sorts. We're very different people to the people sat in your kitchen smoking cigarettes. Put it that yes. way. Very different people. Yes. And we've gone on our own little discovery of looking at our lives and our weaknesses and our issues and our baggage and all of that stuff. Mm. Would you say, I know that this has been long term for you, as it has me, but would you say your 40s have been a good time for self-inventory? Has it felt naturally like the right time? Well, the the 40s, I'm now in kind of like what I like to say, functional adult stage, which is where I always wanted to get to. I had an amazing therapist who's no longer alive called Lois Evans, who quite regularly, she was a fabulous New York Jewish lady first thing first thing she said to me was if I was your boyfriend I'd dump you <laughs> thanks yeah second thing she said is has it ever occurred to you that sometimes you might not be a very nice person she was amazing we're going in with the honesty straight away she from went, her, and that's right? what I needed yeah I was like you're incredible um and she said I want I said what's the goal she was like to get you to functional adult did you know at that um, point that you weren't acting as a functional adult yeah I well I was very unhappy so I started but that was because of work and then quite quickly, I actually got on top of work and went on this amazing course. My tummy just rumbled. I went on this amazing course, Survivors. Um, this guy called Randy Berlin. Oh, um, Randy. He was like from Texas and he looked like he was carved from stone. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was incredible. And he really sorted. Uh, that's when I learned about the beginnings of boundaries. So then work, I was like, oh, OK, kind of enjoying work now. But then... I had to deal with like other stuff like childhood trauma, you know, desperate insecurities. Because I, I was I was very good at being successful. You know, that was like one of my milieus. It was like head of house, captain of sports, won a competition. Like, no problem. You know what mm. I mean? It's like 10,000 people, I'll win it. Yeah. Fine. It's like, that's how good I was. That's how good my survival mechanism was. No problem. I will high achieve but I will avoid everything. Yeah. Um, so then there was like the beginnings of an unravelling and then I really unravelled when I moved east and that was about eight years ago. So I moved to Hackney. I got an incredible house. Enormous. I mean like ostentatiously big. Do you know what I mean? And I had a, I had a dressing room done up like it was a, a gentleman's shop from wow. the 1930s. And I was so unhappy. Mm. I was like, how can I be unhappy surrounded by so much oak? you know and brass the oak's not going to do it no it's just not going to do it yeah so uh then i got really ill i mean i you know i'm surmising here but you know i had a breakdown i got ptsd mega ill mega ill suicidal dissociation the whole lot and i got through it i mean i was like i'm going to get through this i'm going to see everyone i'm going to see shamans i'm going to see osteopaths i'm somatic therapy the lot attachment theory 
I mean, I literally, I was like, I'm going to study. Yeah. I'm literally going to study. Which you have put in this book, by the way. Oh. Everything in that book. I've only got an early copy, so it's not in its proper oh, bounds. that's a shitty thing. one, isn't it? <laughs> that's a shitty Jesus. one. You know, give you a crap. Jesus Christ, that's, 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 on, that's on a like a child's printer. <laughs> the worst laminate. It's almost offensive. But it's like a script. I can imagine what it will look like, but yeah. that is, you know, put that to one side. Uh, it's a brilliant uh, book where you've collated all of this stuff that you've been that you've been learning and needing and it has yeah. helped you to unravel. And sometimes we use that word unravel in a really derogatory way. Like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. And and I find it really interesting. And something sort of clicked when you were saying it there, like high achieving is the biggest distraction. And we don't talk about that because Massive. the model of the modern world, certainly in the West, is if you high achieve, you know, you, you've made it, it gives yeah. you, it supposedly gives you more self-worth or yeah. sense of belonging or whatever. But it's, it can be an empty promise unless backed up with well, if you haven't stuff. done, If you haven't done the inner work, it is, it is going to be empty. Mm. You know, you're either one of those people that maybe has quite a, stable nervous system good attachment you know i'm like how wonderful you know and that's great and so then that when you get those things you see them for what they are you'll have a good relationship and all those things but that doesn't tend actually to be the norm no you know and i have to watch myself like even coming up this road i was like don't be jealous of fern's house don't turn it in on yourself and go, why haven't I got AstroTurf in the back garden? You know, all these things. Because I can do that to I myself. I do it every day. I can drive past. I'm like, oh, this is a lovely street. Oh, you're, you're not achieving. Mm-hmm. Look what you've done. I you know do what I mean? Every, I do it every day. Yeah, so I, I, I have to, like, monitor myself constantly. But it's like being a captain of the ship. Once, once everything gets more settled, I know how to bring myself back now. And the the reason for writing the book, which did start a long time ago, was when I had come out of treatment. I was like, I've read so many books and I need and and there's bits and pieces in each ones, you know, in each one. And I thought, well, I'll just I need to put it in a guide. Yeah. Um, and also a lot of things we just don't know about. Like people don't we talk about boundaries. People don't know what boundaries are. We talk about codependency. Or it's even good. mindfulness. Like, yeah, What do these words mean? What does this mean? What are triggers? Yeah. What's trauma? What's the ta- you know all these things, so I-, I thought I'd just put it in a book. Yeah, well, I'm really pleased with that actually. It's so lovely, and it is the sort of book. Well, it's it's an A to Z. You've got all of these different words or subject matters that are either overly complicated in books or overly simplified. Yeah. So we don't really know where we're meant to turn. So you've just gone. This is what it all means. Yeah. Take what you need from it. And I talk a lot about from my position because it's how I've experienced it. You know, years ago, I asked a friend of ours that we, we both know, um, Gerard Kite, mm. an ac- acupuncturist, and I said, I'm doing this talk, I was doing a TED talk, and I was like, what am I going to do? And he was like, talk, all you can do is talk about yourself, you know, share your story from the I position. And so I've never forgotten that. So I just share it from the I position and, and allow people, I can't force people to like, you know, as much as I'd love to do a talk or write a book and like, be like, I've changed a million people's life. That's completely out of my hand. All I can do is be like authentic, talk about my story, and if people relate, great. But the power of storytelling is huge, and we forget that. You know, that's the whole point of the podcast is people storytelling or us discussing elements of their life and other people then not feeling alone and not feeling isolated because. All the stuff you talk about in the book and all the things that you've been through and the things that I've been through at the time feel unbelievably lonely mm. and isolating. Yeah. So to share that is, it's a beautiful thing. Well, and it gives people permission. Yeah. You know, and that's what I f- find. And also because of where I started, you're not certainly in pop, you know, you're always perfect. You don't talk about anything, you know, real. It's all a complete lie. Yeah, you know, and and I've always loved turning that on its head anyway, because I just think this is all nonsense. Mm. So I love like saying, "Oh my god, I remember when my song charted at 150." <laughs> you know, and like management are like, "You don't say those things. You make it into a positive news story." And like, it's fucking funny, you know. So like, and then I I do that with well-being. You know, I I, I talk about it and go, "This is shit." Sometimes, and and it gives other people permission. They go, oh, well, maybe if he's talking about it, 
maybe I can. Yeah, know? absolutely. Because especially, you know, if we go back to the start of when you came into the public conscious on Pop Idol 20 years ago, which is mind-blowing that it's that long ago, you obviously had stuff that was rumbling on that you weren't aware was mm. affecting you necessarily. Yeah. Then you get thrust into, you know, we're talking about the conception of that sort of TV. That didn't yeah. exist before Pop Idol in no. the UK. So this is en masse fame, attention, adoration. You you were lumped with everything at once that, that en masse people assume is the good bit. Oh, mm. my God, you've got this, the dream. You're living the dream. But knowing now what you do and, and what you were dealing with from your childhood, how did that impact you, all of that, on literally overnight? It, it honestly, it was a distraction mm. to the main event. And again, because I was a high achiever, I, it was easy. I mean, it really was easy. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll win a competition. Right, now I'll stick around. Yeah, I'll do this. I'll go and do a, a movie with Stephen Frears. Do detention. Easy. I'll go and do a play. You know, I mean, literally, it's like high functioning, high avoiding. Mm. So it, it really wasn't difficult. It was easy. Mm. And actually it allowed me to avoid stuff. So I'd obsess about work. Uh, but also I was like, I was never felt good enough. You know, oh, if I didn't get on them, oh, you know, looking at other people, constantly comparing myself, yeah, constantly looking at other people and thinking, oh, they're better than me. You know, they're better. And so I wasn't really enjoying it either, but wasn't really aware, yeah. And that's even before social media came into play yeah. that you had those feelings, which is now ubiquitous for most people because we're going, oh, look at them, look up there on their holiday yeah. or whatever. This is before that and you're yeah. just doing that. It was, just <clears> with, <throat> it was very much with people in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't feel part of any of it. And I remember years ago, Robbie Williams came round to my flat and um, and he, it, it very, very kind of him, you know, um, and he knew that I was being, I was a bit bamboozled by all of us. Oh, what the fuck's this? And um, he said, I, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. And he, he said, his album had just charted number one. And I think it sold like 210,000 or something in the first week. And he was like, I'm really pissed off because Coldplay sold 220,000 or something like that. You know, and it was so interesting hearing it from him. He was owning it and making light yeah. of it, you know. He was like, and I was like, he's Robbie Williams, you know. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. Yeah. You know, you have to get on top of it because it, you can use it to berate yourself so badly. Like one of the first things that really helped me, and it's a good CBT technique, is the comparing. If I find myself comparing, I'm like, this is literally a dead end road. Yeah. There is no positive to come out of me comparing. There is no positive for me looking at your gorgeous, I don't think it is wallpaper, but lovely, it's like a lovely, foam wall. it's a foam, yeah. there's material, there's part, I mean, it's delicious. Mm. And there's no point me beginning to compare that to my, because I'll either go one up and go, <laughs> yeah, I've got I've, a better wall than that. I've got De Gournay wallpaper. <laughs> so I think Fern is losing out there. <laughs> so then I've gone one up and yeah. I feel better than you, but it's coming from a place of low self esteem. Mm -hmm. Or I go one down. And it's coming from a place of low, low self-esteem. So the comparison game, full stop, yeah. Pierre Melody talks about it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So because what? even if we're using, <clears throat> if I'm using you to push you down to get up, it won't make me feel better. No. So what keeps your self-esteem in check now? What keeps you feeling okay, confident enough to be able to do the work you're doing? I've got a few theories. I've got working theories and I'm constantly thinking about them. I think that connection, so something like this. So I did a gig last night. <laughs> I did a corporate gig. So people don't know, but pop stars do corporate gigs. Yeah. For travel agents of the wider area of Birmingham. Brilliant. And um, I asked them all up onto stage. I started a conga where only two people joined <laughs> me around the room. And I realised after two minutes there were only two people joining <laughs> me. And even the second one was lagging behind, to be honest, because she had a... <laughs> you know she had a stick um and i didn't get back till but that, that's a true story by the way um and and uh and then i went exited throughout the through the wrong door and went to the kitchens in the hotel um but i didn't get back till two i didn't sleep great you know i wake up feeling a bit groggy i'm a bit emotional i'm like oh i'm feeling a bit wobbly but i know that doing this chat i feel lovely yeah. Because I'm talking, I'm sharing in a safe space, open vulnerability. So those kind of things, connection. Yeah. 
we all need to connect. I mean, Johan Hari talks about it amazingly, and I think he's really right. I also think that we, if we feel loved, we feel better. What I've tried to do is through therapy is get that muscle memory of feeling loved. And even as I tune in into it now, it's like suddenly I notice, oh, my confidence goes up. Oh, I feel a bit more present. So it's really actually quite simple. It's just very difficult to get there. And this is feeling loved by obviously comparing who you are today to who you were back in the day. Same with me. I would certainly reach for exterior, it's not even love, but attention or whatever, mistaking that for true connection and love with people that matter. A small circle of people where you feel part of something. Yeah, and we go through friendships with people that are not necessarily the right people. You know, you think, oh, we'll do that. You know, all those kind of things. There is actually, I do validate, you know, like I'm, I love attention as well. Like I completely validate it. I love it. Mm. It's why I'm a bloody performer. Yeah. I relish it. Mm. I'm like a a monster, you know, (laughs) but like I keep it in its position. I know it's not going to like spiritually fulfill me and nurture me. What about the other side of that? Because it's such a double-edged sword with, there's nothing wrong, as you just said, with wanting attention, with mm. liking on mass adoration. I'm sure that most mm. musicians, actors, stage actors obviously get a kick from that. You've got an audience you're interacting with and you can see them and you can feel their energy. Yeah. But of course, especially now with the addition of social media, when that turns the other way and yeah. you and people either turn on you or there's, you know, Something some sort happens. of revolt against you, whatever yes. it is. Yeah, it's a crisis. How do you deal with that? Well, because I I don't feel like I'm built for this industry a lot. I, I'm, I'm completely d- not built. I, for this. No, I, feel I don't the know same. how to deal with it. No, I feel the same. I'm really not. And I feel embarrassed saying that because yeah. people go, "Oh, fuck off! You work, you do a lovely no, job no, that no. you love." Yes, I do, but I don't feel thick-skinned enough to deal with it. As an observer, what I have noticed that I think you've done is you've created a space like this where it's kind of straight to market. If that makes sense, there's no like people going, "Yes, we want you." Yes, we don't. Yeah, which is the best. I thing. can't deal with that. No, That's why I, I can't do this. Bear it. <laughs> I can't you know, it's democratic. I don't want to be rejected. No, I mean, I got mm. I got dropped yesterday from doing Joe Wiley's show on Radio 2. And, you know, it took me like... And I was thinking as I was coming over, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about that because people don't talk about it. That's another thing people don't talk yeah. about. It's like, everything's fine. You know, I was really upset. I do a really good job on that show. Yeah. And it took me about four hours to be like... This was the process. Get dropped. I was like, motherfucker. Um, you know, and then I'm like, how am I coping with this? I think I'm all right. And then it comes. Then the feelings, I was like, it's all going wrong now. I was like, I'm not even going to... I mean, what am I going to do when I'm 60? I literally mm-hmm. go there. Go to that, I do the same. You know what I mean? I'm like, what am I going to do when I'm 60? Mm. It, it just goes on. And then I'm, not, and then I'm annoyed at myself because I'm feeling really uncomfortable feelings. So I'm kind of observing the whole thing. That's the key, though. I'm observing it. I'm trying not to judge myself because I'm not great with uncomfortable feelings <clears throat> because no I wasn't is. when I was young. No, yes. You know, my nervous system isn't great with it. It makes me very quickly anxious. But after about four hours, I was like, you know what? You're a great broadcaster. I had to talk it through with a couple of people. I had to try and not be angry at the person that made the decision. That's difficult because that's a really easy distraction to go, what a horrible person. You know, it's like, it's out of my control. Today, I'm like pretty zen about it. That's, I, that's a quick process. It's a to quick get process. There. But if that was years ago, I wouldn't be. I tell you what, I struggle with I do really struggle with music. It just seems, for some reason, pop. Even when I came in, Jesse said to me, Are you still doing music? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, thanks, Jesse. He asked me that. if I'm still doing music. <clears throat> you know, it's a little like, I mean, like, you, you know, it's like saying to actors. Jesse listens to music exclusively from the 70s, no, but by it's the way. Like so saying, just to but, but, put but that out there, yeah, but, disclaimer. But those things, you know, I get it a lot. because uh, I get it. You know, I get like, it all the time. I get it in from, from cabs, cab drivers, you know, people on the, yeah. the street. And, 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 and I the way I deal with it is I laugh. And I talk about it like it now because it is funny. But it, of course it's going to hit me because I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's my business. That's my main earner. If, if you know, if he doesn't know, I'm doing music, and then I feel hope. You know, so I just kind of you got to laugh about it. But I know I'm not built for pop. I'm so thin-skinned. Mm-hmm. I'm not great with rejection. No, I know all the. Di- Listen, I've read Brené Brown. You know, but like <laughs> it doesn't mean that I'm walking through life as some like Zen master. But I think that's why you need to connect because we can laugh at 
and I use this, by the way, with huge generosity towards myself, my own craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because people, someone got cross with me once, they were like, you used the word crazy. And I completely validated it. I was like, you know, I'm really sorry you're upset. I will continue to use that word about myself. <laughs> but I laugh about it because it's funny. It is, and this is... My thinking oh. is so nuts sometimes. I know, but this is what I love and encourage within this conversation, whether it's about well-being or parts of mental health, that discussion, or spirituality, is we need to have fun to get through a lot of this stuff and talk about the unfavourable. I'm exactly the same. I've talked endlessly on different platforms about the fact that I've been sat from I don't know how many TV shows. Nobody (laughs) asks me to do telly anymore. I don't get asked. And I had a a couple of Christmases ago, when I was doing Top of the Pops, I had uh, the lighting guy went, because I've worked with him since I was maybe 15. you know everyone. And he went... Do you still do telly? Oh, what, do, what do you do these days? And I was like, doesn't it make I, you? I run a whole business. And I yeah, work really hard every but day. But don't you feel like you're falling off and a cliff? When yes, that happens? it's horrible. And then and then I start to go. I'm not confident enough to be on camera today. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I can't stand up. Oh, the person I'm presenting with is way more popular than me. I, I can't do this, and it, you spiral. Yes. And this might all sound surface and pathetic, no. but but this is it. We've got to talk no. about this stuff because no. I think on whatever level, rejection of any kind feels ugly you know for me it actually I got to a stage when I was like I know how privileged I am I know how lucky I am but also um life's life you know yeah so people get rejected in work and everyone has different types of work scenarios but it is work and those kind of comments you know actually you know I mean they are difficult comments it doesn't matter how much work you've done it doesn't matter how much journaling you do you know it's still gonna be it is it's all you know it's really making me laugh talking about this because it is so funny because it's so awful when it happens it is well but also because oh i love that love that um i loved it when you did um fame academy will and i'm like (laughs) they don't even know the program i was on I have people yeah. call me Holly all the time. Oh, I get, I, oh God, don't. I, Someone said to me once, an estate agent, I mean, I, and by the way, I had a compass. Don't ask me why in my back pocket. I wanted to stab her. <laughs> um, she said this. Didn't you used to be Will Young? <gasps> what does that even mean? Well. I can't bear it. Yeah, I couldn't bear it. And I think I just uh. said Yes. I, I, yes. I had, um, I'm really honoured, I've got lots of stories on this one. <laughs> it's so when funny. we moved house, the new postman came to the door and and I opened the door and then his face dropped and I went, oh, mm. and he went, I was told Fern Britton lived here. Oh God, And yeah, I went, that, yeah. oh, it's the wrong, it's diff- I'm, different, yeah. I'm a different Fern. Yeah. And then again, all those feelings start. But it's... A, so as, how do you, for, for me it varies day to day, mm. how do you get on top of that? Well, like you, I feel devastated in the moment because sometimes my identity is so formed by others that I forget I've got my own one outside of all this nonsense yeah but also I have worked really hard in the last five years to build my own little world that no one else I can't get sacked from doing this yeah great I mean people can stop listening fine and I will deal with that when that might happen and you know, I'm getting older, so I've definitely got less of a need to be out in the forefront of it all. I'm quite happy doing things in a slightly quieter way. Mm. And also, I really like my free time. So I'm probably a bit better now at going, it doesn't matter that I'm not constantly asked to do things, to yeah. go to things, to award things, or things I don't really ever care about. Yeah. Because I like being at home pottering about, I'm a homebody. No, and they're hideous, those award shows. They're awful. Oh, why do I say yes to them? Because when I get there, I'm like... Oh my god, I'm hating this. Um, I used to when I used to go to the Brits, people stopped lending me clothes because um, I used to delay my departure, so I'd miss the red carpet. So Burberry stopped giving me clothes because I never got photographed. I don't even get invited anymore. No, I haven't been invited for years. No, as I soon know. as I left Radio One, it was like she ceases to exist. But isn't there isn't there also quite a nice because listen, it's all nonsense. Of course it is. The whole thing's nonsense. Of course it's a big game. It, and and so. If we can realise that, we will come back always to realising it. And and it, it it's something that numerous brilliant people that I, I help with my well-being, my physical health, tell me. The more you come back to it, the quicker you'll come back to it. Yeah. So I know it's nonsense. And if I'm sitting in my car as I'm driving up to entertain travel agents of the wider Birmingham area, um, saying to myself, it's OK, everything will be fine, having been sacked, you know, 
it takes me four hours rather than four weeks. Yeah. You know, and plus included in that four weeks is completely acting out, drinking too much, you, you name it, love addiction, shopping, sex, ruminating about exes, the whole shebang. Yeah. So that's all gone. Mm, you know, that's, but that's So we remarkable. have to remember that, you know, we that's have to remember remarkable. that. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. To talk about the period that you meant you touched on very lightly at the beginning, having a breakdown, we can look at these periods and go, if I look back at my own time that was very dark mentally, we can sort of converse about that or or imbibe that sort of story going oh god how terrible but actually it's the birth of something entirely different because mm. if you want to get out of it you have to make change there's there's no other way you mm. have to make change mm. you have to do things differently you have to you have to get quite quiet and quite humble and see see it all and it and it's hard it's not an easy process to go through but that's no. that's what you've been through and that's what yeah. you, but to look at that the period of let's call it that conception of like you, you needed a new world and new thinking you had all these different manifestations within this breakdown from from what i've read in your book mm. one of them i had never heard of it and this is why i like doing this podcast because i'm constantly learning things language points of view perspectives and i didn't know about a disassociation which leads to you not recognizing your own face mm. i'd never heard of this so no, i mean so, i always thought it was just if you took e but, um <laughs> seems not yeah so t- um, so talk to me about tell me about yeah. this i mean so disassociation i i had to you know that's in the book and 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 i i've started a podcast my very humble podcast by the way oh no um, brilliant podcast and you know it, it, i had to diagnose myself and um even a top psychiatrist wasn't doing it so that was like difficult but disassociation is a symptom from heightened anxiety when basically a part of our brain will shut off to protect us so um livingston when he got attacked by a lion he doesn't he speaks about it and he doesn't remember he's like i watched myself you know it's the ultimate protective mechanism of our bodies and we do it in our day-to-day lives. Like if I drive home, I might sort of get home and think, God, I don't remember that journey. Yeah, of course. Because we kind of don't need to. The problem is when it fires up and it takes you offline and it's like, oh, I'm an adult and I need to do things. And literally one day I suddenly didn't know who I was in the mirror. I wouldn't, if I'd met you, I wouldn't have known you with any emotional context. So now I'm talking to you and I can I have sort of nice images and emotional wow. recollections of you in my, my kitchen and yes. and us sitting in the sitting room and having a giggle and no it would be it's wow. like being a ghost. So dissociation I had depersonalization which is not recognizing myself, not recognizing places with any emotional context, thinking that I was in a film and mm. that everyone was in a film and it can lead luckily I didn't have this to complete existential angst. There's also derealization, which is you don't can't really get a perspective on your body. Different to body dysmorphia. People can get it. Also, young males can get it often if they take drugs. So, like between late teens, early twenties, it's very common. But what's interesting is, I actually know some people that have dissociation who I know really well, but they never told me. This is always the thing when you, you, know you start I mean? talking about it. They didn't know about it. <clears throat> so, I do bang on a lot about it because actually. Lots of people have it. I still get it, but it's really so much better. You know, I still get it, but it's not like it was. So when you're when you were first experiencing this, and I'm sure you didn't have a clue what was going on at the time, what was the process to try and dilute that process and to get you back on track? I had honestly, mm-hmm. I, I honestly would say those two years were the worst because I also got thrown on a lot of medications I was misdiagnosed I knew it was a misdiagnosis but I was trying everything yeah and I was trying to work I was in the West End you know and I don't think the medication actually helped so it it was just a nightmare and really it was two years of hell 
I wouldn't wish it. I, I honestly, even people that I really dislike, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't wish it on them. Even yeah, God. it's like being Terrifying. a ghost. How I there are some good books, and in in my in my book I have references to that kind of workbooks that help. You have to start slowly, very gently, just noticing various things. Smells really help. Sounds, touch. Just notice five things in the room and really build on it slowly. But, you know, what came from that was agoraphobia. You know, I couldn't walk my dog around the square. You know, it was... I got better if I had a session with a therapy when I went into treatment. But it, then it would last for about an hour. And then it comes back. And that's very common. But, you know, I've had people get in touch because of me talking about it. Who I've then put them in touch with people. And I've watched them get better. Mm. You know, there's one person and his mum got in touch from an interview I did years ago and I spoke to him. We have a lot of similarities, actually. And I was like, if you need to get better, you need to do this. If you're not going to do this, you're not going to get better. And he's got better. Wow. I'm so proud of him. That's he's so left wonderful. university now. That's so good. Yeah. But it's so hopeful for people to hear those stories because in the thick of something like that, you do feel hopeless and like I'm stuck with this forever and how will I ever be like I used to we always I I used to harp back to I wish I was normal like I used to be yeah I know I know I know I get that <clears throat> which I is a that. terrible thing to say I because know. you're instantly dead ending yourself like well wait what about me turning into the new version of who I am and where I'm headed next but also I'm I'm thinking of something I heard you say earlier which is that was all surface you know mm. and I'm quick to judge myself because I'm second guessing what my listeners probably won't think but could I'm waiting for that one person to go who the fuck do you think you are complaining yeah. about life? But you know what? <clears throat> I'm fine with that. Oh, like, you see, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah. You, you know what actually turned it around for me with that was, okay, that's it's one of my sort of strengths. Other things, you know, not so good. Um, but um, it was codependency and learning about codependency and boundaries. I'm and, bad with boundaries still. I'm so bad with them. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> Right, so nerdy, how are you implementing them? Tell, I need to learn. This is a place for me to learn. How are you implementing boundaries? I'll give you an example. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I really put this down, one, to my therapist, Lois, who was, um, she was the queen of boundaries. Yeah, I think probably her and, and, and maybe reading, like, maybe Peer Melody. Have you have you interviewed? No. Oh my god, she'll totally come on your podcast. Oh, will she? Okay, right. I need I mean, to contact. Well, you're joking. Oh, you're massive. Okay, let's. Oh, you got to get Pierre Melody. Okay, that's I'm happening. I'm nerdily like obsessed with her. Well, we'll follow this up. She's hardcore. Right. Okay. Um, can you, if you do it, can you just Facetime me and put me in, like, <laughs> put me in the plant? <laughs> Free session. Yeah, put me in the plant. Um, okay, here's an example. So my pipe bursts. Right. In the back garden, not pleasant. I get it sorted. My next door neighbour, Pipe, a few weeks later, it bursts. Knock on the door. She comes around. By the way, I love her. So she listens to a podcast. I love you. We're all good. Um, and she's in a panic. And she goes, what are we going to do about it? And I said, I'm going to stop you there and make a vulnerable request, which is that you use the I position. I said, because there is no we in this. You have your drain. I have my drain. And she, she sort of stopped. But then she calmed down. I mean, obviously, she'd never heard anyone speak in such ridiculous therapy speaking in her, <laughs> her life. She was like, who is this man? But I was like, I'm not getting... Inv I'm not mm. suddenly getting dragged into a wee panic situation. Oh. I'm quite <clears throat> calm. I'm constantly dragged into wees no. and I go with it all the time. Because I think the ultimate thing is I don't want to offend people and I don't want people to feel bad about me. But with codependency as well, I learned that I have no control over making people feel... In fact, if I'm trying to control what people think about me, I'm, one, manipulating them. Yeah. Two, I'll just come away feeling really angry and passive-aggressive, so it's going to make me ill. Do you know what I mean? So why not do something about it? I did a gig the other day, and Boy George was singing at it. Boy George was horrible about me years ago. So I was like, brilliant. Got to get this done. So I told his manager, because he did, he wasn't there. You know, we were, weren't, our paths didn't cross. And I was so happy. So what did he... He said, how do you, have you met George? And I said, you know, I'm feeling really nervous about seeing him because he was really horrible about me. Yeah. And um, he told him and I got it off my list. Great. I was so happy. And also I have some stuff I need to own up for certain people so I need to do that um, we all do yeah, I've, I've got I've, that and yeah, I don't I've got, to, I've got to do it but you know that. I 
it's not in my power and it's not for me to manipulate other people to feel good about me the whole time. And also, because then I'm like, we well, might as well just, I might as well be a feather in the wind. Yes, don't worry, Emily, I'll come and shovel the shit out of your drain. <laughs> let me just get my, you know, let me just get my, my pond creepers on so I can get down there. Do you know what I mean? I know, I'm laughing it's because really I do di- it every day. <laughs> I, honestly, I do. I, I, and I, I think I feel a responsibility in in a sense, even when I'm doing the podcast, I want the guests to feel relaxed. Or I want them to feel like I really understand them or yeah. that I'm giving them the space. But I take it into every nook and cranny of my life, to my detriment, usually. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because it makes <clears> us <throat> ill. It does. Um, it's not an easy thing to do because we're not taught it. No. Um, and also, but there's a brilliant guest, and I, and I can't remember her name, but it's, it's on... It's on um, the first episode of, of my podcast and she's written a brilliant book I think it's called The Joys of Being Selfish I've got um, it um, have you interviewed her? Uh, no but I've got the book it's by Michelle, Michelle yeah, okay. Elman does oh, that yeah, my eyesight's terrible okay she, <clears throat> she knows her shit really okay she knows her shit let's get her on as well she's hardcore because I was like oh wow okay you, wow. You, you're, you're hardcore Okay, I need yeah. to do that because I, I can almost go to martyr, which is, I'm not saying that with any pride. No. I can be a right martyr and be like, look how amazing I'm being to everyone, yeah. but I'm I'm bottom of the pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm it's like, shitty. Yeah. It's I mean, not it's good. It's shit because we're like, we also, also, I'm not being authentic to people mm. and honest to my friends. You know, I'm not. Um, I do it to my husband. I'll go, you've just been away for three days and I've put everything above myself you know I've made everything a priority and it's like what what am I doing why am I doing why am I doing this I mean I would say relationships it's listen hard. that is it's hard man <laughs> and you know I, I know you guys love each other but you know it's 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 a relation adult yeah. relationship world it's, it's complex so, I think that is a really difficult thing but it is there are little hacks that we can do I think talking from the I position yeah is mega I'll give you another example. I, because that's taking responsibility and you're accountable. Is that why it's important? It's because I'm owning my stuff. Yeah, basically. Ooh. And and what I'm learning is that <clears> when <throat> I first started therapy, when I said I, I thought I was being selfish. Yeah, I'm um, probably still in that headspace. You know what I mean? I used to think, God, who do you think you are? Just talking about me, me, me the whole time. Mm. Um, and I was doing cabaret, uh, the musical, and people would talk at the beginning. And it was and it was very difficult for me to hear the music. So I was like, I'm learning boundaries. I'm going to practice this. Maybe it wasn't the best thing. But anyway, the lesson was great. So I stood up in front of the company and thought, listen, I've said this about five times to the company manager. No one's listening. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And I said, this is what happens. This is how I feel about it. This is what I would prefer. Someone came. She's a friend of mine. It triggered her. She came into my dressing room and she was like, I can't believe it wasn't shaming me but she was like you know I just feel like you know I've done everything wrong and and she kept on saying we and you know we and I was like I've got to stop you there because if it's a we situation we're going to have a have a I'm going to have to have we're going to have a conversation with the whole company but the whole company aren't in my dressing room it's just you and she did it a couple of times she was like yeah but the thing is you know we were we were talking and I said I'm going to have to bring you back again to the I position because these people aren't here because suddenly I then feel ganged up on. Of course. But they're not in the room. <clears throat> and and then it it came out. And she was like, I used to get scolded and feel very ashamed as a child. And I was like, totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. We're great friends. But you've got to be courageous to do that. You've got I, to I'm be. a wimp sometimes. And yeah, I go, I oh, I'm you're just going to be yeah, passive aggressive instead. I bet you're not with your kids, though. No, I'm not. I'm not with you've the kids. You've got to treat people gotta, like yeah, kids. Yeah, I guess so. Literally, like, my neighbour was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you got to treat people. Yeah, I get it. Like mm. like kids. I get it. Look, I also really desperately on a, on a personal level want to talk to you about your nervous system because I feel yeah. like I still am not in a great place. Like this week on my anxiety has been quite bad for my, a myriad reasons I don't need to bore anyone with, but lots of physically stored anxiety. Oh, yeah. And I tested myself yesterday and I don't like driving on the motorway. I get... Oh, no. A huge panic attack things going on. I left it five years at one point, which was not a great idea. But recently, I've been chipping away at it. But so. you used to you used to unicycle on the motorways instead, didn't I you? I used to do all yeah. sorts on yeah. the motorway. I could do it all, handstands, whatever. <laughs> so again, you know, I wish I was like my old normal yeah, self. Yeah. You could drive on the motorway. Yeah, 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 I get that. Uh, but anyway, I went yesterday and I drove to Henley, which is an hour away, and back. And I did it. And it was 
tough at times, but I did it and it was great. But I can, f- mine is all in my chest. Yeah. I can feel it yeah. here. It's like it's alive. It's electric. Me it's too. Oh. Worms moving. It's just, I can feel it all here. And I'm constantly looking for new things to do. I'll do cold water therapy, yoga, running, walking barefoot. I'll do bloody anything yeah. to help. And you say in the book that most days your main goal is to feel balanced yeah. physically. Like that's your goal is to wake up and go, how today will I feel physically okay and not in panic? So t- tell I me mean, a bit about yeah. this. I mean, I really, really relate to what you're saying. So first of all, thank you, because I don't meet many people that are so aware of their body in that way. And I ha- have that. I feel it mostly in my chest. Yeah. It's absolutely exhausting. Yeah, it's horrible. And 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 if the body isn't settled, you know, to be honest, if the body's calm, everything else is kind of a breeze. Yeah. It just doesn't stay with me. You know, I might go and have acupuncture and then I'm I'm walking around, I literally feel like I'm in the sound of music. I'm like, <laughs> "Hello children. Hello traffic warden. I don't give a shit, you know. I got fired from another job and um it's really weird times at the moment. It must be the moon. The moon, and, the bloody um, moon. Bloody moon. And I just had acupuncture so I was like, "Doesn't matter." You know, but it doesn't stay. So yeah. so yeah, okay. So I used to be love being in the car. I find it really difficult. Um, when I got ill, for some reason, it, it, I then really noticed it in my body. So what I noticed was that when my body is feeling agitated and anxious, you know, life is a lot harder. So I try and have a toolkit that I use to sort it out. I love lying on the floor on my back. It really helps. My body reacts so well. Um, you know, I stop drinking. So that really helps. So you're completely sober now. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and it's just like, I just feel better. Yeah. And I've lost weight and it's nice. Um, You know what I mean? And I'm not eating crap food. I go and have acupuncture. I have massages. I've got like foam rollers. Yeah. I mean, literally. Have you got the spiky mat that you lie on? Yes, I've got them all. I haven't used it yet, but I've got one. machine. That doesn't work, but it worked for a bit. (laughs) A chi machine. That was 400 quid. But, you know, I've got infrared. But, you know... My thing is, like, they all work to a degree. So we just need different toolboxes. Mm. Quite often, my body will settle. If I had the most consistent thing, it would be doing this, connecting. Chatting. Mm. Actually. I think it's probably the same for me. Yeah, connecting with someone who I feel safe with. Mm. Um, and really taking inventory of people I don't feel safe around. Yeah. Because actually... I've got people that make me feel... Um, on such high alert, I can feel the cortisol going up my yeah. neck. Oh, God, yeah. And I think, why is it? Because they're not saying anything no. mean or there's not even a power play. I just feel like I don't know how to be around you. I don't know how to be me and feel okay. I can't even describe it. It's very strange. But you might be, I mean, one, you might be picking up their on shit. their shit. Yeah. Because if you, you're sensitive very. and people talk about empaths and things like yeah. that. But I can find myself in someone's place within a second I'm like hang on why am I I was suddenly like what are they going to do I'm like well, I'm not in that position yeah. you know um, but also what's amazing about our bodies but what we don't realise is you know we're fight and flight animals so we will pick up on other people's energies one of the amazing things that I learn is if someone's presenting something to me but my body's getting something else it fries my system so if I'm seeing someone and they're, if they're smiling at me and going but my but my body's like get the fuck out of oh, here oh I know I'm like I can think of the people yeah, I yeah. know this but I listen to that now oh god I need I to listen, listen to it. I met someone two days ago he was deadly handsome so he, oh, so I gave him five seconds of course. <laughs> but you know he walked out of his door and um, and I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like couldn't cope with the energy yes. wasn't judging him I was like, I can't cope with this fucking... I don't know what's going on. Isn't it amazing? And we ignore that in day-to-day we life. Ignore we ignore it. What did they say to me? You know, what were the... What was the... Th- and it's like, no, how do they make you feel? We are all made of energy. There's energy all yes. around us. And it's interacting. And we forget. We ignore it. Yeah, and also, remember, it is energy. So, like, you can get out of things by using energy. Sat- rattles. I've got a lot yeah, of rattles. Yeah, love. I love a rattle. Um, smells. And clapping. Just clapping. Clapping's great. Um, clapping around a room. I do it with my kids. I haven't slept well at night. I'm 
like clapping yeah. in their room, getting that energy moved yeah. on. And it well, people notice if we would have had had an argument. So if someone came in, they'd notice. So that's energy. Problem is that we just we just think it's all a bit weird, but actually it's complete science. Completely. But I've learned so much about the nervous system. I mean, I try and be empathetic to my nervous system, but you know kind of hate it most of the time yeah you know, i go into i can go into self-loathing very oh, quickly I really about hate, that because it's because i feel like i'm attacking myself yes or i feel like i'm failing I'm yeah like, oh, why can't i cope with this is pathetic yeah. and i'm in a whole spiral then but you know our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems you know my parasympathetic which is what calm is meant to sort of shoot in when, when i have a panic and calm me down isn't brilliant mm. but actually when i think back to the past and it's so lovely to hear you talk about that because I've never really related to someone on this level and I think god why can't it be back to them I think it was always there of it's just that I was using behaviours to avoid it we were drinking and smoking, drinking, smoking and working loads you know, and... exactly love addiction yeah. fantasising yeah you know so I think actually it was kind of always there that's what's interesting is actually sometimes we think oh god I'm regressing and I'm, I'm, I'm going backwards I'm not no. moving forward and healing but actually this is this is all an uncovering of the stuff we're meant to see, meant to deal with, meant to poke around in. And we spend years going, put that on top of it, put that on top of it, I don't want to look there. No, and this of is just clearing the shit. Yeah, up. and why would you want to go there? But you mm, know, like, I have to remind myself, I'm like, why can I not, why am I getting activated driving in my car? But then I'm like, if your hypervigilance is up and the radar's up, who wants to drive a bloody, and I've got this sort of ridiculously enormous Jeep. I love it. I literally love it more than my family. Um, you know, um, I'm like, of course you're going to be, you're on a road going 70 miles yeah. an hour in a ton car. So I have to constantly remind myself it's not my fault. Mm. Um, but there are also, there's a great book which has become very popular in the last two years. Um, you know, and it's a difficult read, but the body keeps the score. I've got that yeah. somewhere as well. I haven't I mean, read it yet. I mean, it's, it's not an easy read. No, I bet but, it's I mean, not. just get the premise from it. Right, okay. Um, get a summary <laughs> on blurb. Google. Yeah. Um, but, you know, treat the body, not the mind. Use, do the mind as well, but really I go for the body now. Mm. Equine therapy. So, talk to me about this, equine, equine therapy. therapy. Amazing. Amazing. You go in with the horse and it's like a mirror. In fact, it's more like a prism. And you and the, I don't I I interviewed this guy in Richmond Park. Oh, I'm down the bloody no, road. No, he's amazing. He is amazing. I thought we were, I thought I was going to not get on with him at all because he was wearing jobbers. <laughs> but actually, because I'm really forgiving like that, you know. I thought I was You're such a good. I thought he, yeah, I'm so good. I thought I was going to be some posh idiot, and he's not. He's actually a right old laugh. Wow. And and. and it's very difficult to explain, but it, it's amazing with boundaries. And what they do is they kind of, they calm the nervous system down because horses have to be c calm to then be able to react when they need to. Mm. They're flight animals. We need to be calm so we can react. And there's something very special, but it goes straight to the body. Wow, Again. yeah, because it's not a cognitive thought like what's happening here, no. you're feeling something. I remember years ago, like, That's beautiful. Um, Gerard Kite, the, you know, the acupuncturist, saying, we are not our thoughts, and I was like, Gerard, I think I think you've done too much therapy, <laughs> you know. But we're not. No. But we really need to check in with how we feel when our body's calm. Check in with that. And it will be my lifelong thing to try and keep on coming back to it. Yeah, you know, same. it's not easy. And I, my, you know, it's not easy. My heart goes out to anyone that has a nervous system that is jumpy. Anyone. But it's nice to talk about it. It's so brilliant that you talk about it because you won't be the only one. No. Just try not to get <clears throat> caught up in the nonsense of the head. Yeah. That's what I say to people. You yeah. Know, whenever people come to me, the first thing I say is, you need to go and have some body therapy acupuncture it still amazes me how many people don't know about like osteopathy yeah or even a massage yeah i'm like you need to go and the massage thing's interesting because people now assume it's some sort of lavish luxury that yeah. you go and have this pampering thing and it's like this is someone physically moving tension out of your body yeah and and getting it out of you so you don't have to deal with it with being angry at someone or whatever it might be i mean i don't do it enough and i need to but i i've certainly felt the power of it say when i've done a breathwork session where I had, I've got this memory of this one breathwork session I did with this amazing lady. She's been on the podcast called Rebecca Dennis. And we were doing this very specific technique that she works with. And 
I was feeling the usual sort of tingling and stuff. And then she pushed my hips and knees together and I bawled my eyes out. And it, and it was something, it wasn't even a cognitive thought. I had a feeling it was to do with giving birth when I'd given birth to my children. And it was something that I needed to get out of my system that was still there because it, it was hips coming like back together. trauma. Yeah. And I wailed. And wow. you know, my, when I think back to my births, they weren't traumatic. They were really beautiful. And obviously they're very intense, but it was beautiful. But she moved something on. And, you know, you saying this is really hitting home because I don't honour that enough. Yeah. I think I've really got to talk this out with Jesse or I've really got to work out why I feel like this. And it's like, this is, especially my nervous system. And, you know, my mum came on the podcast the other day for Mother's Day. Amazing. And I think I've met your mother, but I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, my mum is a character. She's brilliant. But she is, her nervous system is like fireworks. And she knows it. And it's all from her dad and some of the stuff from her mum. And we talked about it a lot. And we have really similar reactions to things. And like sort of sleep anxiety and how that fires up. And mm. and it's, and again, I don't think myself or my mum have honoured the physical bit. Well, what am I doing to get that out of me rather than, oh, I better talk to someone about this. No, yeah. Maybe I need to really think about why I had that angry reaction. It's like, this shit's in my body. Yeah, but can I say and really validate that the physical reaction of what the brain is doing when our nervous system, you know, our brain is a problem-solving tool. So nervous system triggered, frontal lobes going into like, how am I going to solve this? There's obviously a problem. And then, then it just gets diverted. So, like, for example, I used to be like, well, clearly I can't be in this house. Or at least I'm changing the paint scheme immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obsessed about yeah, paint schemes. Yeah. And I'm like, so that would be the, my brain going, well, that's obviously what's wrong. It's, it's a problem-solving tool, and it's very good. But when the body's doing that, of course our mind, we are really caught in, in the whole thing because... It's real. Mm. We, it's just it, it, the, the the key thing to do is there's lots of little hacks. Like I go everywhere with the little stretchy bands because they get me in my body very quickly. You know, like you have different coloured bands. You know, yep. you can like I go everywhere with little roly balls because that's you know I've learned all these little tricks from different. That's lovely. Because I need to get in my body, I, and it does it very quickly for me. Um, coming here in the car, I know I'm not great travelling, so I listen to. Um, years ago, I saw a hypnotist, so I listened to 20 minutes of her, you know, talking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm feeling all right. Try and calm down first and then see what your mind's saying. So mm. use it as a little test. That's what I say to people. Just use it as a test. Hold off for an hour. I mean, I find the breathing impossible. I mean, I, I really resist the breathing. Yeah. Because I've got such a thing in my chest. I have to say, I feel say, like I'm in the electric And it's also chair. hard work. So, you know, Rebecca's a great friend of mine and she'll say, should we do a session soon? Like, oh, I'm really busy at the moment because it's, I find it like running a marathon and I know it's going to be full on and I think, I can't be asked. I'd rather go for a walk. But yeah. it's the best thing I could do. Yeah. I just don't do it enough. It, it, it's full on. But it's, it's full, full on. on. If that's all, I've got yeah. so, you know, when you've got that trapped energy. Mm. And I find yoga hard because it's not, there's a lot of resistance. That one works for me. That one works for me. I just, my brain stops. Same with cold water swimming. I'm big into at the moment. Because you can't think. All you're doing is going, oh my fucking God. You're just Where breathing. Where do you do it? In the sea. Yesterday I went to my friend's ice bath. I'll do it anywhere. Wow. Yeah, love. Absolutely love. But again, I need to do these things really often because it will last a few hours and then I'm back to, oh my God, my cortisol and I'm stressed yeah. and I'm overwhelmed and I can't deal with this. And That's the thing. It needs to be... You, it will ta it takes the body such a long time to know that we can do it to our with ourselves mm. we do need help but i did like something the other day and and i think that's because i've been well i've been working on it a long time and maybe going pretty much off medication now my body can accept it more i recognize that medication had a has a place by the way so don't sue me, anyone. Um, it's, really They've upset. got enough it money, it really, quite really frankly. It would really upset me. <laughs> no, come on. Um, and I did something. It was it was restorative, like strength, kind of like yoga. And my body like came back quite quickly from a really triggered state in about twenty minutes. Wow! And I was like, wow, that's interesting. So we just have to like persist, and remind it yeah. again and again. But yeah, like okay, so four hours from cold water swimming cool that's four hours and then i'm gonna have to do something else yeah you know like 
connect with someone. Yeah. Do some yoga. Do you know what I mean? Go for a walk. Yeah. Walking is a big one for me again. It's, yeah, it's got to be. It's the upkeep. Yeah. It's the upkeep. But it's so nice and empowering for anyone listening to this, and for me to because I have to be reminded of this shit constantly. You know, this is all I do now for work is read this stuff, talk about this stuff, but I still forget all of it and then spiral off out of control. Of course. But the most empowering thing is it hasn't got to be some far-fetched retreat or no. expensive thing. This is this is carrying an band around or some yeah, balls no, around or with tennis you. Balls. Or, yeah, I just have two tennis balls. Yeah, this is simple I roll, shit. I roll my feet on tennis balls because it's like mini reflexology. Yeah. Our feet take a lot of weight, you know, yeah. and it's, it's amazing. Mm. Um... How do you feel? Can I ask you, like, do you miss, like, if you look back on, like, what when you were doing loads of TV and radio and things, like, do you miss it? Is there still a... Probably yeah, how bits. Is that? Like, I, I feel a frustration. that I don't feel I could do live radio at the moment because my nervous system could not handle it. I would not sleep the night before. I'd have a panic attack before. I'd probably be fine when I was on air. It's the bit before that I just can't get myself through. Yeah without well with ease so I feel a level of frustration like I know I can do that job really well yeah. and it's a skill that I've learned for 25 years and, mm. I, and I I'm not I can't do it and I, I feel frustrated about that I don't miss TV so much because I haven't found a TV as yet where I could do this where I could go to the level of we're cutting out all the bullshit. No one's going to edit this bit out. Yeah, no one's yeah. going to say, "Oh, that probably won't go down well with whatever." You know, I don't. I haven't found a place on TV where I can do that. Radio, I loved because it was freer yeah, and, and it was just about music a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, and it was really beautiful. And I liked the technical side of it. So I feel frustrated that I can't put myself in that position. I, yeah. I and I, I don't mean not to do about it because sometimes I think. Oh, should I give it a go again? And then I just think, I know I won't sleep the night before. I don't want to do that to myself. Your body's not ready for it. It's not ready. I'm at the place still where I feel I'll never be ready, which is a shame. Yeah. But I'm open to change and things happening. But at the moment, I feel like, how would I ever go into that feeling physically safe? I can't see it being a reality. No. I feel completely like doing this. Yeah. There's zero stress in my body. Yeah. I'm really happy. I yeah. feel you know, enriched from having these conversations. Similarly, if I'm writing or doing the Happy Place Festival, all those things, I luckily don't have any physical reaction to it, apart from this feels great. Yeah. And it's the opposite when I put myself in that situation. So... So that's really interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I really relate to that. You know, there are times when I'm like, come on, do it. And then I sort of sit back and I think, well, is my nervous system telling me something? Like, so what's... Where am I really content? Am I mostly content doing stuff like this? Yeah, exactly. Is that th- it's the it's the constant question of how much do I push myself out of my comfort zone? Exactly. Like, is it worth it? Because I do like to push myself and yeah. challenge myself. But is it worth it to the point where I'm taking beta blockers because I can't sleep? I don't think so. So it's really it's a, such an interesting quandary. But I think sometimes when we really listen to our body and just go, so it's a bit like I I get social anxiety and then I'll say to myself often it's like we well, don't have to go mm. and then I calm down then I'm like oh I think I'll go now <laughs> do you know what I mean I do because I hate going out I hate going but out. I don't even get to that point I think I'll just put my pajamas well, on well that's then. true but you know like but it's really interesting it's like sometimes I it's, it's a feeling I, of being trapped like I can't oh, get I out of awful. this that, that that's yeah. the, the, that's the thing the more I listen to my body the more it pretty much tells me you know, it's really interesting. Mm. It really does. Sometimes I'll go and do something and I'll come away from it and it's shifted the energy. And I'm like, okay, I'm really glad I managed that. But when there was a time, so like I had to leave Strictly Come Dancing because yeah, I was so well. Yes, and I, I, listen, I listened to my body. Best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. I know. You know what? From this conversation, and I, I, I have a loose plan of what I think I'm going to talk to you about. And I have a loose plan of what I assume I might come away with but this has been really surprising to me because the main thing I'm coming away from this conversation with which is always a gift is to listen to my body more but to treat it better and and that's our discussion on mental health Mm. is to do that bit yeah and I wasn't expecting us to talk about that at all yeah it's my number one thing Mm. before I came out I did 15 minutes on the mat yeah you know 
and I'll do it again. I've got a therapy session when I get back because that'll be a nice connection. Perfect. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, God, what a wonderful chat. I mean, we, we've we not covered loads of stuff. No, we could I do think another we have 10 covered, episodes. We've covered loads of stuff. We've covered loads, but, the, you you know, the book has got so much in it that I wanted to talk to you about, and we, have, we share a lot of common ground with experience and how we're dealing with things. So we've definitely got to do more stuff together and, and talk more about this stuff on and off mic. But yeah. thank you for today and for sharing your stories and for cutting through the bullshit and just being yeah. honest yeah, yeah, I haven't got yeah. time for all that bullshit yeah. and, um, and it's talk, made me really think so I'm going to really honour the body chat that we've had today do you want me to tell you more about the sacking when we stop recording yes please alright <laughs> Oh, I love it when that happens, when a chat just sort of goes into a completely different realm than what I thought it was going to. I really want to give some more thought to what Will was saying about the importance of physically moving trauma out of your body. I found that so interesting. I've thought about our chat non-stop since and have found myself quoting Will in many conversations since. Be Yourself and Happier, The A to Z of Wellbeing is the title of Will's book and it's out on the 21st of April. If you can't wait until next week for more wisdom from wonderful people, do follow us on Instagram at happyplaceofficial. There's loads of lovely conversations going on there. Hopefully some support, some help, but also some things that will make you giggle and laugh as well. So do go follow us. Thank you again to Brilliant Will, to the producers of this episode, Anushka Tate and Sophie King at Rethink Audio. And to you, blimmin' brilliant lot for listening. I really appreciate you. Thank you. We'll chat soon. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com